This podcast is part of the OIW Podcasting Network. It's essentially the same unappreciative crowd full of scumbags from last night. Once again, wrestling fans, welcome to another edition of the Scumbags Wrestling Podcast. My name is Sean, coming to you from London, Ontario, Canada. I want to thank you for joining me each and every week, whether it's on Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, iTunes, or any of the other locations that you can find our program on. It's been a little bit of trying times right now with uh, the virus going around, and the wrestling world has basically come to a stop. I'll be right back after these short messages with some of the news that is actually happening around the wrestling world. Shock Stock 2020 is coming to the Ramada London on May 1st to the 3rd, the new Earth's biggest pop culture expo and film festival. The real end is near as the outside world falls into chaos. Word of a sanctuary for mutants, freaks, goblins, and geeks spreads throughout the land. It's three days of thrills and chills with screenings, panels, celebrities, workshops, interactive fun, vendors, and all-nighter parties. See special guests like James Lawrence, Mike Lackey, B.A. Johnson, and Sadie Katz. Shockstock 2020 is brought to you by Shockstock, Twisted Tees, Rotten Rags, and Taboo Textiles. For tickets and booking information, go to growtix.com. Shockstock 2020. You don't want to miss it. If you're looking for a great independent wrestling happening in our province of Ontario, look no further than Ontario Indie Road Trip. It's available on Facebook and YouTube, and we run down all the great events happening in this province. Whether you get in a car, bus, or train, there's a show near you. Support independent wrestling and the Ontario Indie Road Trip. Welcome back to the show. As usual, we started off things with the independent wrestling scene, and unfortunately, with everything going on with the coronavirus there's been a lot of cancellations for independent wrestling shows with that said unfortunately there won't be an event calendar officially uh, being posted but try and get out there and support your local independent wrestling as much as possible during this time as uh yeah they're definitely need it a lot of uh organizations have some on-demand services i know smash wrestling definitely does and then just check out all the rest of them border town has their own channels usually yeah, a lot of them are on youtube um uh, with that said also 
Splash Wrestling is expected to return to action on April 19th, and they'll be in St. Thomas, provided everything gets back to normal. The card currently has Jim Strider taking on Tyson Dukes, Tarek challenging for the Smash Wrestling Championship against Kevin Bennett, who will have Roscoe Black and Muscle in his corner. There'll be a tag team uh, match with Books and Looks, which is Ronnie Matthews and Michael Grayson, taking on Halal Beefcake, Idris Abraham, and Joe Coleman. Also, Sebastian Suave will be having his open challenge, as he's been normally having. Then the following week, Smash is doing back-to-back shows in Toronto at the Rec Room on the 25th, and on the 26th here in London at the Music Hall as Smash takes on NSPW. Scheduled for the Toronto card on the 25th will be Ethan Dukes taking on Michael Style. The Pillars, Brent Banks and Tarek, going against the Untouchables. Carter Mason going against Kevin Blanchard, who is the NSPW Junior Heavyweight Champion. Alexia Nicole going one-on-one with Mabel Farrell. The Wonder Boys are going to face off against the Kevin Bennett experience, so it'll be a combination of Kevin Bennett with either Roscoe or Muscle. And Daniel Garcia is going to take on Marcus Burke. Plus, the NSPW champion Matt Angel will also be in action. Then the next night on the 26th, Smash Wrestling and NSPW will be having night number two of their encounter. And it'll feature Mabel Farrell going against Sebastian Suave. Psycho Mike Rollins and RJ City going into battle, which will be more of a comedy than an actual match. It'll be a fatal four-way with Brent Banks, Dana Garcia, Travis Toxic, and Marcus Burke. The NSPW champion Matt Angel will go against the Smash Wrestling champion Kevin Bennett. Plus, Tyson Dukes will face off against the NSPW Junior Heavyweight Champion, Kevin Blanchard. So, provided everything gets cleared up, which if you believe official uh, statements that might not be cleared until later in the summer, Smash Wrestling will be coming back in April, if allowed. If you joined Chris Maloney and I this past Friday evening, for Thursday Night Throwdown, a day delayed because of Chris being ill, we did have Clarence and Doug from Midwestern Wrestling, and they're hoping that since they have to cancel their March 28th show in Listowel, that they'll be back up and running for May 23rd for their first show in Wingham, and then returning in July, I believe it is, for their Listowel show. With their show on May 23rd in Wingham, a lot of the same people are going to be still involved on that card that were scheduled to be part of the March 28th uh, event. So, barring any uh, changes, that card should still be the same. But we're going to wait till they start officially announcing matches for the 23rd of May before uh, running down that card. In some other news for the Ontario independent wrestling scene, you might want to catch um, this first part of the Chris Benoit 
story that's on Vice for uh, The Dark Side of the Ring. They uh, had that on the other day, and it's definitely available in a lot of places, including Daily Motion. Interesting uh, note for that show. Not only is it obviously a story about the survivors of the uh, Chris Benoit tragedy that happened 13 years ago, but they need to do some reenactments of uh, some of the action, especially involving Eddie Guerrero and Chris Benoit, and the people reenacting in those uh, roles was Tyson Dukes uh, in the role of Chris Benoit. Of course, they have a way of doing it that you don't see Tyson's face uh, as he's supposed to be more in shadow and being Chris and playing the role of Eddie Guerrero, uh, especially during the Tiger Mask part was uh, actually Channing Decker. So definitely of note if you uh, see that and part two should be out this week as well with uh, the conclusion of the story of the tragedy involving Chris and his family. Then, as you know, if you tune into our Facebook page every morning at 7 o'clock, we're currently running a March Madness tournament where you get to vote on who is the best star of the Ontario scene, at least for this year, 2020. Last year was Tyson Dukes, and this year he's still advancing in uh, the tournament really nicely. Round 2 saw Holden Albright beat Kevin Bennett. Tarek came out of a triple threat with Alexia Nicole and Josh Alexander. Jody Threat lost to Scotty O'Shea. And Tyson Dukes beat Daniel Garcia. Psycho Mike Rollins has beaten Sebastian Suave. And right now, Casey Spinelli is leading Carter Mason in the voting. And you have up until 7 o'clock to be able to vote on that uh, on Monday morning. The Monday morning vote is going to have Cody Deaner in a triple threat match with Mark Wheeler and Jim Strider. And then rounding out to round number two is Channing Decker and Brent Vex. So once again, please join me each and every morning on our Facebook page at 7 o'clock where I announce the winner of the previous vote and activate the new vote for that day. And we'll hopefully narrow it down to who will be in the finals on March 31st and declare this year's winner. Now, last year it was Tyson and Tarek. They're on a collision course, possibly to meet in the semifinals in the one uh, side of the brackets, but they will not be going against each other this year in the finals. Normally at this time, I'd also complete the independent scene with the calendar listings as you i explained earlier with the coronavirus there is no listings to officially run down anything right now because shows are still up in the air for when they'd be able to reschedule or when their next show is uh, going to be with that said i did offer up uh space on the ontario indie road trip uh, video series that i do for talent to try and reach out to fans and let them know how they can reach out to them and also purchase some merchandise. The upside is a lot of the uh, talent that I end up reaching out to said that they appreciated the gesture, but were able to 
make ends meet with their regular job that they do throughout the week. So that's an awesome part. There's been talk that people are losing a lot of money and it seems like it's more of the U.S. based wrestlers more than uh, at least the Ontario based wrestlers because they were banking a lot of their money coming from WrestleMania weekend, which now is not happening in Tampa. There were a couple of talents that uh, did take me up on the offer and want me to let you know that they have merchandise that is available. One of them being Pretty Ricky. He has some foam lips that he's uh, selling that you can help support his uh, efforts and sell some merchandise for. Bella Bronx has an arrangement of uh, t-shirts and hats that uh, you can uh, purchase. Plus, also I heard back from Von Vertigo and Aiden Prince, who want to remind everybody that they have merchandise available on Pro Wrestling Tees. So that's at ProWrestlingTees.com. I'm sure there's going to be a lot more talents out there, and especially those on Pro Wrestling Tees. So even if they didn't officially say yes to me to uh, take up on the offer for space on the Ontario Indie Road Trip, check them out, see how you can help out. You know, every little bit helps, whether it's an 8x10 or just waiting for their next show to come up and buying your ticket and being there at the Legion, at the different theaters, wherever they're holding a show at a gym. You know, these guys are going to need your support definitely when they come back, especially the promoters who had to end up canceling shows. They're probably going to need it maybe more than even the talent themselves. So definitely support independent wrestling here in Ontario or anywhere you're at and listening to this. So that's where we stand right now. It's such a flux, not knowing what's going on with the world, but we have to carry on somehow and just be patient and vigil and listen to instructions, stay at home and let this virus pass. Hello, what is up everybody? It is Ocho from the Ocho and Ortiz Wrestling Podcast. Home to the best kept secret in the wrestling podcasting community. Our live podcast from Greektown Wrestling and Union Wrestling. We also discuss a lot of other things. WWE, AEW. Every once in a while we throw in New Japan and ROH. Be sure you're checking out our show. We are available on most major podcasts and platforms, especially on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and our main source of uploading is Podbean, ochoandortiz.podbean.com. You can also follow us on social media, at Ocho Wrestling on Twitter, at Ocho and Ortiz on Instagram, or facebook.com slash ochoandortiz. We also do have a YouTube page, so be sure you're checking out our content there. Just search for Ocho and Ortiz in the search bar. Now let's get you back to your regular programming. This is Jim Strider, live from the Tyson Dukes Wrestling Factory, and you're listening to the Scumbags of Wrestling Podcast. Here's some news and notes from this week in the world of wrestling. Whenever AEW is allowed to be in front of a crowd again, They've announced that the Lucha Brothers will go against the best friends in a parking lot brawl. And these two teams have been going against each other since Revolution. 
and there'll be a Lumberjack match with Wardlow going against Luchasaurus, plus, of course, the Blood and Guts match. Tony Khan ended up making a statement in regards to what the plans are future for AEW and Dynamite. His statement ended up saying, Our goal every week with AEW Dynamite on TNT is to produce great shows for our fans, and I believe we do. We felt especially motivated to serve our audience this past Wednesday night, given what the entire world is coping with, and hopefully we gave them a well-deserved escape during these trying times. Everyone at AEW is proud of what we delivered and humbled by the response and the kind words we received from the fans and partners throughout the world. Thank you. We plan to continue answering the call with live weekly shows every Wednesday night on TNT, but the time and circumstances aren't right for the card we had planned for next week with Blood and Guts. That show will happen when it's when the time is right, but you can count on it instead this coming Wednesday night a great live episode of AEW Dynamite featuring Chris Jericho confronting Matt Hardy face-to-face, one-on-one, for the first time ever, and a tremendous night of wrestling action. In the meantime, until AEW Dynamite this Wednesday night, please follow us via social media, and please be safe and smart so we can get back to seeing you all on the road as soon as possible. Thank you for making all this possible for everyone here at AEW. It's a dream come true to be able to do these shows for you all. There's talk that Dana Bryan is feeling that his time as a full-time wrestler has basically come to an end. He would rather spend his time being a father and probably just doing part-time wrestling gig. So we'll have to see what happens in the future with Daniel Bryan. WD's doing a lot of uh, pre-recording over the next couple days. Apparently yesterday they did some more recording for SmackDown. And then this week they're going to do a couple episodes of Raw leading into midweek next week uh, doing the matches for WrestleMania. Hopefully they can get everything done in a timely fashion and be able to send everybody home so that they're safe. But it looks like that's the plan for what they're doing over the next little while for the time leading up to WrestleMania, including the double show itself. And that's all going to happen at the Performance Center. Though there is talk that some of the matches for WrestleMania might happen in other locations. So, not sure what that all entails. We'll just have to wait and see on April 4th and 5th what happens. WD and ESPN announced that starting this weekend, they were going to be airing WrestleManias in their entirety. And this week they were starting with WrestleMania 30. Next week it will be WrestleMania 32. And on April 5th, it will be WrestleMania 35. Over in Japan, Stardom and DDT are returning to the ring, and they're even going to be having fans present. They announced that fans will be allowed entry in the show, but will have to undergo physical check with their temperature taken. No entry will be allowed for a temperature over 37 degrees or 98.6 degrees Fahrenheit, and masks and 
well, masks will be distributed free to all those who attend. So this is an interesting concept, though at the same time I don't believe Japan has the outbreak that the rest of the world seems to have. See the stars of tomorrow being built today at the Tyson Dukes Russell Factory each week on the production line. Available on Facebook and YouTube. You hear the rumble in here? The rumble is the sound of progression and fundamentals are being made at the Wrestling Factory. This is Tyson Dukes and you're listening to the Scumbags of Wrestling Podcast, y'all. Taking a look at AEW this week, they ended up doing their own uh, empty arena show, and it was at Daly's Place in Jacksonville, Florida. They definitely had a different approach to it than WD has had. Um, I will say, in a way, it was better presentation than what WD did, but, you know, everybody's different, and it's a good thing. Um, whether WD changes their, uh, style after watching what AEW does, that's to be, uh, debated, but AEW definitely did it differently. They had actual wrestlers in the stands on one side or the other, faces on one side and heels on the other, but they're also, uh, the angle that they, uh, had their hard camera at facing the entranceway definitely filled up that space as opposed to what WD has with just the empty seats um, that their hard camera is shooting at. So even if WD did move their camera around, it probably would be a better presentation for them. But then they'd be accused of copying AEW, which to that extent, I would give them, yes, that would be a copy. So as far as results for AEW this week, Cody opened the program standing alone in the ring on, with a microphone, and it was a blur between reality of what's going on and wanting solidarity in that respect, um, but then he also blurred the lines with wanting solidarity with everybody in the elite and how uh, people are not all on the same page, so... Yeah, it definitely blurred lines uh, the way he ended up uh, talking to everybody. His one quote that was more based on what's going on today was, as human beings, we need to stand together. And for many of us, that means we have to stand at a distance. I refuse to live in a prison of fear. I feel alive and I hope you feel alive. The rest of his speech, as I said, was uh, trying to focus on uh, getting the elite on the same page as they have to uh, face off against the inner circle as part of uh, Blood and Guts, which is basically a uh, new name for war games. And they're going to do the same concept as war games with a roof on top, as opposed to what WD has been doing without a roof. Um, yeah, they mentioned that Nick Jackson is out indefinitely. Um, I guess behind the scenes because his wife is pregnant and he's going to be at home while that uh, all comes down. But So he's out of the match and they are essentially going to be 5 on 4 at the moment. 
So then Matt Jackson and Kenny Omega came out to the ring and joined uh, Cody. Uh, Kenny said that he wants to go out the way he came in as the elite, uh, regardless of the uh, world falling apart, whatever's going on. And so he's definitely standing side by side with Cody. Um, Matt said that it's a call for action with the elite. And after what happened to Nick, he's uh, out there uh, as part of the elite. Wondered where Adam Page was and if he was going to stand by them. That's when Adam Page came out to the top of the ramp. Had a drink in his hands. Raised it to them. Nodded that he's going to be uh, part of it. And uh, then went backstage. And that's where things pretty much ended with them uh, getting ready for the rest of the evening and also affirming that at least four members of the Elite are together. They said that everybody needs positivity in their uh, life and that's all they can give them is the best show possible. So hit the lights, hit the pyro, and start Dynamite. And they definitely went all out with nobody being there but they had a, a huge pyro and light show to start off Dynamite with. And then the first match was Lucha Brothers taking on the best friends, and Orange Cassidy was on uh, commentating. Before that match started, Tony Schiavone was at ringside and interviewed MJF. MJF said that he wasn't impressed with uh, the money being offered for, to participate in the show, and said that he's there, but he was just going to be observing and uh then he was joined by sean spears and they were basically betting on some of the matches also other people out there on that side of the ring included lance archer jake snake roberts wardlow tully blanchard and the other side of uh the ring had colt cabana uh christopher daniels frankie gazarian joey janela sunny kiss and a few others Brandy Rhodes was doing the uh, ring announcing because Justin Roberts wasn't there. And oddly enough, she reminded me a lot of a ring announcer that WD used to have named um, Eden Styles. Hmm, I wonder. At one point during the match, Orange Cassidy uh, felt the need to get up from the commentating. He got in the face of the Lucha Brothers and, yeah, kind of got into a little bit of a scuffle there. Chuck Taylor... Um, ended up getting the pile driver on Pentagon for a two count, but the best friends uh, were looking for the strong zero, and Lucha Brothers uh, countered it. Penta hit a low blow on Trent, and then the package pile driver stomp combo that the Lucha Brothers uh, executed, and they pinned Trent for the victory. Afterwards, Tony Schiavone interviewed the best friends, and Chuck Taylor basically said that they're basically a bunch of chumps the Lucha Brothers were for kicking their partner in the dick and that on the next time the dynamite was going to happen they wanted to have a street fight or a parking lot brawl with the Lucha Brothers. Then there was a fatal four-way match involving the women. Uh, Hikaru Shida ended up defeating Rio, Chris Statlander, and Penelope Ford. Uh, there was a couple of botched uh, looking spots in this uh, match um, but it was a little bit impressive with uh, Penelope Ford hitting a uh, springboard poison rana on Statlander 
And after the match, Tony Schiavone was interviewing Colt Cabana, and he noted Penelope Ford would be much better off without Chris Sabian as her boyfriend, and Sabian tried getting into Colt's face, and Colt just slapped him and reminded him that he's a wrestler too, not just a fan sitting at ringside. So they're obviously setting up for Sabian and Cabana in the near future. Up next was the Jurassic Express against Butcher and Blade. MJF paid off uh, Blade, uh, almost like a bounty sort of money. And, uh, yeah, it, these two teams really didn't gel too well. I don't know if it was just the two teams or the fact that there was a issue with the fact that there was no fans there. Um, in the ending came when Luchasaurus got the tag and he completely uh, changed the tenor of the match. The Butcher and Luchasaurus were slugging out uh, like two big hosses that they are. MJF screamed from ringside that the Butcher and Blade. Um, and then Jurassic Express countered as the Butcher and Blade were distracted by MJF's orders. And Luchasaurus picked up the pin on the Butcher. Then it came time for the Dark Order to come out. They wanted to reveal who uh, the Exalted One was because he has arrived. And that's when Christopher Daniels and Frankie Gazarian came from the ringside area to confront Dark Order and say that, you know, Evil Luna was pretty much full of it. And uh, that he's wasting his time. Next thing you know, a video played with Bearded Man uh, wearing a white robe and they man began saying that Christopher Daniels you're not the first man to not believe in a uh, first old man not to believe in me but you'll be the last and he took off the hood and said that my name is Brody Lee and I am the exalted one so Brody Lee obviously is Luke Harper fans will remember from WWE this would have probably been better uh, reveal if it had been in Rochester like it was supposed to, since Brody is from Rochester, would have gotten a bigger pop. But, you know, they're doing what they can do at the moment. And when the video ended, Chris Daniels was still watching the screen. He turned around and Brody Lee, along with Evil Uno and Stu Grayson, were there to attack. And they stood tall over Chris Daniels and Frankie Kazarian. Tony Schiavone then interviewed Jake Roberts and Lance Archer, and they even showed a video of Lance Archer destroying a whole bunch of people in a wrestling ring in the middle of a field while Jake Roberts watched on. Um, Jake mentioned that Cody basically ignored them, which was the equivalent to spitting in their face, and so next time they meet it's time for Cody to stand up and be a man and that's where they basically wondered if they had Cody's attention and showed that video which led to our main event of the evening which was the inner circle Jake Hager uh, Santana Ortiz and they had um, Sammy Guevara by their side Chris Jericho made a separate uh, ring entrance and Sammy Guevara and MJF attempted to sing Jericho's theme song, 
Jericho made his way to the commentating table. They took on the team of the elite, uh, consisting of Cody, uh, who had Arn Anderson and Brandy by his side, Matt Jackson and Hangman Page. Kenny Omega was outside the ring because his hand is still, uh, I guess, broken or just severely injured that he's not cleared yet. And this was to decide which team was going to have the advantage when uh, the first period is up during the blood and guts match. At one point during the match, Cody went after MJF, who was at ringside, but Wardlow ended up grabbing him by the throat. Um, the Nightmare Family head coach, Arn Anderson, then ended up hitting Wardlow with his clipboard. Um, that was just a moment away from the actual match that was happening, uh, but you would expect, nonetheless, that back in the ring, uh, Paige and uh, Matt Jackson ended up working together and took out uh, Jake Hager. Matt Jackson had uh, Santana up uh, for the Indy Taker, but Hangman Page got taken out of the uh, scene at that point, and Matt got rolled up, uh, which allows the inner circle to have an advantage going into blood and guts. Chris Jericho then got on the microphone to celebrate with the inner circle at the top of the ramp, rubbing in their victory in the face of the elite, and also made reference to the fact that that it's going to be five on four anyways uh, because the elite are outnumbered with Nick Jackson being out and then all of a sudden there was a loud buzzing and down came a drone landing in the side of their ring Matt Jackson uh, said that he called in a favor to help the elite and piano music began and there at the top of the uh, balcony was Matt Hardy and he was doing the whole delete thing um, of note, he now has merchandise on AEW uh, shop. He has dyed his uh, white streak, I guess, uh, or blonde, whatever uh, the color is, uh, in his hair is now red. And uh, so, yeah, Matt Hardy will be joining the Elite for Blood and Guts. Um, a thing of note, though, also throughout the night, they didn't say it on next week on dynamite they kept on saying on the next episode of dynamite so i don't know what they're really going to do in between now and the next time that they're allowed in front of a audience but it looks like they'll continue to do some empty arena stuff i heard next week there's supposed to be a confrontation between uh chris jericho and matt hardy but it looks like they're going to hold off on blood and guts until they're officially allowed to perform in front of fans. Hello, do you or someone you know have a business that you'd love to have advertised here on our podcast? Well, give me a shout at our email address, scumbagswrestling at gmail.com, and let us know how we can help you advertise to the listeners of this podcast. We'll give your business a shout out, including information on how people can reach out to you and information on your services. I'm Kyle Boone, one handsome SOB, and you're listening to the Scumbags Wrestling Podcast. 
looking at the results for this past week in WWE with them do, still doing empty um, arena shows, if you want to call it an arena, at the PC, Monday Night Raw got filled with mostly the Men's Royal Rumble from this past January where Drew McIntyre ended up winning. But we did open the show with Edge coming to the ring. Apparently it took 17 hours just to get there. But he uh, addressed Randy Orton and it was a very good um, moment with him addressing the camera as though he was talking directly to Randy Orton. Stuff like this really works for the empty arena uh, type setup. Um, I don't think it took anything away from uh, the story that they were trying to tell. And it appears that Edge has challenged Randy Orton to a last man standing match to happen at WrestleMania. This week on Raw, apparently, Randy Orton is going to be answering uh, Edge's challenge whether or not that match will happen at WrestleMania. Then it was time for the contract signing for the match between AJ Styles and The Undertaker. Jerry the King Lawler called out The Undertaker to come out for the segment, and I guess Taker noticed that the contract wasn't even sitting there on the table. He scared Jerry Lawler off and started tossing over the table as they went to commercial. When they came back uh, from that moment, Taker was still waiting for AJ Styles to make an appearance. He didn't until they appeared on the video wall and AJ was in the back with Gallows and Anderson and he made references to Undertaker being a hollow uh, self and uh, still made references to his real name being Mark and stuff about Michelle McCool going to be breaking him and stuff like that. Um... He finally did sign the contract, and he had the Good Brothers take the contract out to Undertaker and give it to him in the ring. They reluctantly did so, and they went out and replaced the uh, contract in the uh, ring and tried to back off. That's when the lights went out, and when they came back on, Undertaker was actually standing behind them. They turned around knowing that, oh, there was going to be something behind them that they didn't want to see, and sure enough... As I said, Taker was back there, and he basically destroyed them and signed the contract and stuffed it in Luke Gallo's mouth. The lone match of the uh, night actually had Rey Mysterio taking on the United States champion Andrade, and Rey Mysterio ended up picking up the victory. So this could also eventually lead to a match for the U.S. title, I believe Carrillo has a victory uh, under his belt, too, that was in non-title. So it could end up being, um, I'm going to guess, Carrillo, Andrade, Mysterio, and Garza in some sort of four-way match for the United States Championship. That is yet to be announced, but there's still, uh, I believe, two more episodes of Raw before uh, WrestleMania. Then Becky Lynch was out at the ring and talked about her match with Shannon Baszler and basically just said that she's going to stand up to Baszler and every time she posts something, she knows that it's really getting under the skin of Shayna and 
Yeah, I guess Shayna is also watching backstage. Then Kevin Owens issued a challenge to Seth Rollins for a match at WrestleMania. Seth Rollins had originally challenged Kevin Owens to a match uh, that Kevin needed to just uh, pick the time and place. And with the change of venue for WrestleMania now to the Performance Center, thanks to the coronavirus, I guess this was how they explained that Kevin Owens picked WrestleMania for the date uh, to them having the match, since he knew the performance better than Seth Rollins and considers this, um, I guess, his home field advantage. Then in honor of being March 16th, 316 day, uh, Steve Austin was there and declared it uh, 316 day. Byron Saxton came out and, oddly enough, was critiquing uh, Austin's explanation of the laws of the date. And, yeah, in exchange for all that, he ended up getting a beer and a uh, stunner for his efforts. Becky Lynch then came out with a cooler of her own to continue the celebration with Austin and Austin 316 Day. And they drank some beers together. Byron got himself another stunner, and they continued their... uh, two-person party as Raw finished off for March 16th. After Raw went off the air, the Street Profits came out to celebrate with Steve Austin as well, and they got beers and stunners for their uh, time out there as well. And then Steve continued celebrating with Becky. Over on NXT, it was a full-out studio show with no wrestling action, and they just uh, did a lot of uh, reviews, and uh, basically also told the uh, continuing story and saga between Rhea Ripley and Charlotte Flair, and of course, the years in the making of Ciampa and Gargano. Over on SmackDown on Friday night, it started off with Michael Cole introducing Rob Gronkowski, and so Gronk came out with Mojo Raleigh. They, uh, well, Mojo came out first to introduce Gronk because Cole didn't do it properly and he kind of bullied Michael Cole. But while they were out there, they were excited about being the host of WrestleMania this year. And with WrestleMania now being two days, April 4th and 5th, he's hosting the whole thing. And then out came King Corbin and Gronk and Mojo made King Corbin look like a fool because... Elias came out as well, and they might be setting up for Elias versus Corbin at WrestleMania as well. Dana Bryan and Drew Gulak teamed together to go against Shinsuke Nakamura and Cesaro. Sami Zayn was at commentary, and Drew Gulak surprised Nakamura with a roll-up victory. Later on in the back, uh, there was talk that Sami Zayn is untouchable. And Daniel Bryan kind of wants to challenge Sammy for the Intercontinental title at WrestleMania. But Drew Gulak will have to beat Nakamura next week on SmackDown if there's even a chance of Daniel Bryan getting an Intercontinental title shot against Sami Zayn. 
Michael Cole then went to announce Paige uh, returning to SmackDown. She didn't make it again this week due to travel issues. Uh, understandable, I guess, with the situation going on. So she made her appearance by Skype. That was quickly interrupted by Sasha Banks and Bailey. And Paige went on to say that the Fox executives have allowed her to announce who Bailey will be facing at WrestleMania and that she'll be defending the Women's SmackDown Championship against Lacey Evans and Dana Brooke and Tamina and Naomi. And just as they were about to wrap up and express how angry they were over this announcement that Paige was making, Paige stopped Bailey and Sasha and said that Sasha would also be a part of this championship uh, title defense and it's a six pack challenge elimination match with the six women going after the Smackdown championship then Ms. Morrison did a episode of Dirt Sheet and they basically insulted every Smackdown team including Heavy Machinery who they were going to face next Otis and Tucker uh, came down to the ring and Dolph Ziggler also arrived and was basically distracting Otis the whole time, showing him pictures of Mandy Rose and him uh, having a great weekend together. Otis went crazy, went after uh, Ziggler with a chair, and Ziggler was able to escape briefly, but unfortunately Ms. Morrison were in the way of Otis, who got taken out by Otis's chair. And this caused a disqualification for the match. Tucker was able to calm Otis down. But that still put a massive look of fear in the eyes of Dolph Ziggler. And the show wrapped up with the contract signing for the Universal Championship. As Goldberg is set to defend it at WrestleMania against Roman Reigns. Uh, the two almost came to blows after they signed the uh, contract but they resisted doing so. And that's where things stand as they get going into WrestleMania in two weeks. Looking quickly at the card as it stands right now for WrestleMania, they are saying that it is too big for just one night, and that's why it's going to be two nights on April 4th and 5th, both at 7 o'clock on the WWE Network streaming they're also being aware not to say streaming live because it appears that this week they're going to start taping some of the matches that will be put together for this WrestleMania event. Um, I know it's going to be strange without fans, without the big pyros, without the big buildings. In this case, it was supposed to be the uh, stadium in Tampa. And so this is going to be definitely... WrestleMania to um, remember for maybe not the best of reasons, but maybe with them pre-taping, they'll be able to put together some good production value into these matches. So um, it appears that each night will be highlighted by the men's championship matches. And... Yeah, the rest of the card has Brock Lesnar taking on Drew McIntyre for the WWE Championship. Rhea Ripley 
defending the NXT Women's Championship against Charlotte Flair. Becky Lynch going against Shayna Baszler. Goldberg defending the Universal Championship against Roman Reigns. John Cena will take on The Fiend. Undertaker against AJ Styles. Kevin Owens and Seth Rollins. The six-pack challenge for the SmackDown Women's uh, Championship with Bailey defending against Lacey Evans, Dana Brooke, Tamina, Naomi, and Sasha Banks. And then The Miz and John Morrison are scheduled to take on either The New Day or The Usos. And that will be uh, determined this week on SmackDown as they're having a number one contenders match with The New Day and Usos. As it gets closer to WrestleMania weekend, they should have a clear vision of which matches are going to happen on which night. And in two weeks, we'll run down those matches and give predictions. And this concludes another edition of the Scumbags Wrestling Podcast. My name is Sean. Thanking you again for joining us. It's very weird times here in uh, London, Canada, the world. Yeah, and hopefully things will be able to get back to normal as long as people follow direction and stay home and let the virus take its toll, not spread any further, and move on so we can get back to real world and wrestling. Next weekend is going to be WrestleMania in a very strange two-night empty arena format. There's talk that it's going to be, as I said earlier, uh, recorded over the next couple days. So we should be having an interesting weekend next weekend. So until then, have a great one. Join me and Chris Maloney next Thursday for Thursday Night Throwdown. And right here as I hopefully try to predict some sort of uh, WrestleMania card. And have a great week. Granted, I understand it's essentially the same unappreciative crowd full of scumbags from last night's